natural at this. I was like, wow, I need to emote more like you do. Yeah, <laughs> we joke with you. Thank you for being on our episode. We really enjoyed it. I was like, Whitney, <laughs> act like you care. Like <laughs> Hello, and welcome to The Conversation with Susan and Whitney, the podcast where two friends from college discuss shared interests, insights, and how we're navigating our lives today. This is an ongoing conversation about how we're surviving and thriving. We discuss the important and the trivial and other fun topics in between. I'm Susan Field, a writer and teacher in Philadelphia. And I'm Whitney Gould, a writer and marketing director in New Hampshire. Hey, listeners, season one of our podcast was recorded earlier in the pandemic, so you might notice a few references that are slightly out of date. All right, now it's time for our first interview of our first special guest on The Conversation, my sister, Devin Hamilton, who has become quite the expert on children's literature by reading to her children, my niece and nephew. Yes, as we said earlier, Devin has recently created a recommendation page on Facebook called Reading with the Littles, in which she documents all of her children's favorite library books of the week. Welcome, Devin. Thanks for joining us. Kevin, I remember when you were in college and the three of us would discuss what books we were reading and it was so fun then and it's even more fun now that you're here on our podcast to talk about reading with your children. Hi, hello. Thanks for having me. It's always wonderful to chat with you ladies and all fellow book lovers. I've always loved reading and discovering new books with my children has been one of the most precious parts of motherhood for me. And so trying to share that with other people and help them discover new books to love has been a new goal of mine that I've really enjoyed investing some time into. Yes. And Devin, I know you've told me that it gives you some calm and kind of a break throughout the day. It's like a little refresher for everyone when you sit down and read. Yes, absolutely. We're all, everyone who has a busy schedule, everyone who has a lot of packed into their day, it's healthy to take a breather and to take a break, whether it's a 10 minute chunk or a 15 minute chunk of time. And I've really worked that into my schedule with my children in that after some playtime, after some outdoor time, we come back in, we regroup, and having that precious time together around a good book has been a wonderful bonding moment for us. And that's something we do throughout the day, reading in small chunks and always coming back to books and bringing that calm back is something important for them and important for me and all of our (laughs) mental health. I think that Susan and I definitely agree about that because we are both trying to have a goal to read in small chunks in the upcoming year. So Devin, can you tell us about your children and how you fostered their love of reading? Of course. My son is four and a half and my daughter is two and a half. And when when my son was born, like most new moms, I was feeling overwhelmed and a little just frustrated and isolated. It was just such a change of pace for me from being a teacher or being in the professional world to being at home with a little one. And it was just so new. And I was in desperate need of a community. So I ended up turning to my local library to find those friends, to find that community. And so I started going to my library's Lapsit Storytime, which is a birth to 18-month reading group that would meet once a week for a half an hour. And it was all about developing early reading skills, sitting down, enjoying time with a book, singing, moving, listening to stories, and engaging with your child in a positive way centered around books. And there, 
I met a group of wonderful mothers and their sweet babies that were around the same age as my son. And being in the library on that consistent basis, seeing these new board books that I had never read before really sparked a new passion in me. And that's when I started getting out a bag of books a week to enjoy with my son. So Devin, how did you create your reading routine? Well, for me, I've always heard different friends say, oh, my kids don't like reading. They're just not into reading. And I think a big part of that is, is that you have to be intentional about your reading habits. Children don't just become interested in reading if there aren't books around or if there aren't uh, moments shared with parents where they can learn how to be a reader or where reading is modeled for them. So it takes some effort and it takes some consistency in your reading habits. And so the first step was once I started going to the library, of course, we had always had a lot of books at home. I would get books as gifts. I would get books from other people, borrow books. But once I started getting a new bag of fresh books every week, those books I were always out. So the children would see the books. They could reach the books for themselves. They could peruse the books at their own pleasure during the day. And so just having books around and within reach of their little hands uh, is a big first step in gaining interest. If they don't see the books, if they don't have a chance to pull them down and touch them and interact with them on their own, then that love or attachment to the book isn't really going to happen. I agree that reading is an intentional practice. So I I like what you said about modeling. So Devin, tell us more about your own love of reading, your life as a reader, and how that's influenced how you're approaching how you read with your children. I have wonderful memories of reading growing up, whether it was being read to by our parents or being read to by our grandparents or reading with you, Susan, whether it was American Girl books or Roald Dahl books or Little House or the Ramona series, I could go on and on. There was just so much rich reading material available. And it was such a part of our lives and such an enjoyable time for us that the love of books has just always been there. The memory of loving books is always there for me. And I think part of it is a thirst for knowledge, just wanting to always explore new authors, new insights, new perspectives, wanting to grow your mind and learn about something new. You would always joke with me when we were little about how I would pick up books and I would smell books and put through the pages. Devin would smell something to be like, oh, this smells like such and such a book. Like she would know like the type of paper that the book shared. It was so weird. Well, I know that was interesting, but I I don't think I'm alone with book lovers. I think that having a tangible, oh, it's almost like having a tangible experience adventure in your hand. Like it, the pages of it, the feel of it, the heft of it, the smell of it is all part of that experience, whether that is part of the actual story or not. And so having lots of books and a wide variety of books is just something that I believe is the most important in order to keep yourself interested and keep yourself sharp. And I found that for my kids too, giving them a wide variety to choose from, whether it is the subject or the size of book or the type of book that we get out. It's really important in order to continue to inspire interest in new things. And so having a wide variety of books in my life and in my children's lives is very important. Absolutely. Devin, can you tell us more about your weekly library routine, especially during these COVID times? Has your library routine and how you get books been altered from what your pre-COVID routine was? Uh, Pre-COVID, what a simpler time it was. (laughs) Uh, Pre-pandemic, the library was always a place of great fun for my children and I. 
it was a special place. I had met my mom tribe there and my son had met some of his very first close friends there. So the library was always a part of our weekly routine. We would go there for story hour or to unwind after preschool, or it was a great place to go to on a rainy day. The library system that is in my county has 11 different branches. So at least three of them are very close to the house and they're very child oriented in that they've got a play area and they always have children centered activities going on. So we would always just engage in different community activities with the library and the children always saw it as a very welcoming, fun place to go. They knew if we went there, they'd get new books, they'd see friends, they'd play with new toys. And so we would go to the library on a very frequent basis. Wow, Devin, it really sounds like when you first became a mother, the library was a place of refuge for you as you figured out how you were going to parent your child and create a reader. Absolutely. It was a very bright space. There was always something going on and there's just a sense of joy being surrounded by shelves and shelves of books and seeing other little kids and other moms with their children reading. So for me, the library was when in doubt, if I needed something to do or we needed to get out of the house, the library was always the place we would turn to. So it was a very major part of our lives pre-COVID before the libraries closed. Yeah, Whitney and Devin, I think that even if you're not a new mom, the library can be a place of refuge. Like I remember when I was a kid, our library at home, Devin, was in that old mansion on Main Street. Mm-hmm. And it was like so many different nooks and crannies. Like it was so fun to go into. There was like a winding, I feel like there was a staircase. And then upstairs in the kids section, there was that really fun librarian named Maria with the round glasses. But also there was a, a mascot. It was, I think, what was it? Yertle the Turtle? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think Yertle is still alive. Is it Yertle or Myrtle? I think it was Yertle. Yeah. A turtle, now that the location has moved, I think that turtle's still alive. I don't they just swapped it out. They I might have swapped that. it out because they're still gone. the mascot. But my point was just that I remember such positive things. And I definitely think the library could be a refuge for anybody, no matter your stage of life. Agreed. For me, going to the library with my children is very, was very different than go to the times that I went to the library to actually do the hard work of picking out good books. I think it takes time to find good books. You just can't run through the shelves as your children are off in the corner playing and pull random books off the shelf and think you're going to get some quality choices. When I say it was a serious undertaking, I mean, it's just important. I'm looking at the cover. I'm looking at the subject. I'm looking at how many pages or how many words are on each page. I'm looking at the layout of the book. Is this accessible to my child? So when it came down to the serious and time-consuming task of actually selecting books to bring home, once I started bringing home one to two to three bags of books at a time, I would usually go to the library by myself on the even in the evenings or on a weekend morning. And then that way I wouldn't have any distractions and I could really focus on getting good quality books that I knew my children and I would enjoy. One time I was at the library and I had two overflowing bags of books and I bumped into one of my mom friends and her twins. She said, Oh, where are where are your children? What are you doing here alone? And I said, Oh, I come here alone on purpose <laughs> so that I can actually have a chance to pick out books and not be rushed. And as she's running around after her two toddlers, she was saying, oh, that's a really smart idea. I might actually be able to pick out some better books if I had a chance to do it by myself. I would always look forward to that time where I would go, I could take my time, I could look out the books, and 
I was always the most successful in finding ones that we really enjoyed. When you're going to the library with kids, especially little ones, little toddlers, they are excited, they're active, they're not really interested in following you around as you're carefully examining each book that you pull off the shelf. So yeah, they don't know what that is. They don't know what careful examination is. Well, they also, they try to start pulling off the books off the shelf to help you. And they, it just becomes frustrating, a source of frustration. And being at the library, I didn't want it to be a frustrating thing. So I separated the time between when I actually was picking out books and when I was just at the library to enjoy the space for what it was. So those were two separate experiences for me, but definitely both two enjoyable experiences, each in their own way. So Deb, just to circle back then about how is your pre or how is your library routine now different than before? Can you tell us about how are you still obtaining books, even though the library is still closed? Well, our library system, when COVID hit, our library system closed for quite some time. And it was a it was a tough time. I really felt myself and my children really felt the void of not being able to go to the library. And it was such a part of our normal routine. And so we turned to our library's digital children's library. And I had no idea I had so much I had so much access to a wide variety of online catalogs of books. So the Children's Digital Library had little book movies, which my kids enjoyed, little animated versions of some of their favorite books. And then it just also had just ebooks that we could instantly download and then look at on the TV or on the iPad. So that was really a lifesaver because when the libraries first closed, we thought it was just going to be a temporary thing. And so we just read the books that we had at home, which we had quite an abundance. But after a couple of weeks, when we realized it was more of a permanent closure, or at least a long term closure, we decided that we needed to <laughs> get some more books in our life. So yes. we turned to the ebooks. And actually, my friend and I, we did a couple book swaps, where I gathered up 10 or 15 of our favorite books, put them in a tote bag, my mom friend did the same thing. And then we she came by the house, and we just met in the yard and we swapped books. So we actually, she gave us 15 of her books and we gave 15 of our books. And so then that was something too that the kids liked where you could still have physical books, but they were new books to us, even if they weren't from the library. We I love that idea. We could do that too as adults. That's such a good idea. I love how, even though you're talking about children's literacy, this really extends to anybody who's a reader. So I love that. Um, and one other thing I was thinking of, do you use any of the online library apps like Overdrive and things to check out the digital books? Yeah. So we, the main, the main one that I use because it's usually everything on there is instantly available is Hoopla. So we did a lot of Hoopla books. My children loved, they have a lot of Mickey Mouse books and Frozen books and some books that are read aloud. And so we would use Hoopla a lot. We would use Overdrive for some things. And then my sister-in-law who's a teacher, she gave us her teacher code access to Epic, which was a new system that I didn't know about a subscription of books. And so we looked at books using that system too. Devin, I really like the idea of the book swap with your mom friend and getting new books into your household that way. It reminds me of the little free library in front of my neighbor's house. I noticed that a lot of people in our neighborhood, when they're out walking and trying to get some exercise during the pandemic have been using the little free library to do something similar 
for children and adults. Oh, yes, we love those. Most of our nearby parks and playgrounds have little free libraries, and we always take a peek or drop some books off in there. Those are a great thing to have in the neighborhood. Fortunately, now, our library is, even though it's not physically open to customers, we can request books through the online library app. And then once a week or twice a week, I go through our library drive through (laughs) It's set up just like a regular fast food drive through There's a window. You go up to the window. And I've been there so frequently now, the librarian, some of them call me by by my name. We're all masked. I say my name. And they start handing out big paper bags full of books. And when I bring the kids... I say, okay, how many bags do you think we're going to get today? Is it one bag? Is it two bags? And on average, we usually get about two to three bags of books. But every once in a while, if I had gone up five the one time, wasn't I at your house when you said you broke your record? And I did. I broke my record. I, I guess I had just gone on a book requesting binge and I sort of lost track of how many I had requested (laughs) and they all became available at once. And so we pulled up to the library and, we got five bags of books <laughs> and we, the kids and I were cheering that we like broke our previous record and we had five bags of books. But then the next day I got an additional, I got a notice that I had an additional four bags of books to pick up. So we had at one point like nine bags of books and it was a little overwhelming <laughs> when you have that many books. It's you sort of uh, face a reading paralysis where an option an option overload. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love having a ton of different books available. I do think it's best to have between 10 to 20 as opposed to um, 50 books in the house because that can just be a little much for your little ones to choose which ones they want to read. Yeah, no, definitely. But I love how they're getting so excited about celebrating how many bags they get. Like, I love that they're having so much enthusiasm and excitement over the joy of reading. So that's really fun to hear. I love that you have um, defined your limit as nine bags of books is is too many bags of books because I, I don't know <laughs> that any of us have have you know gotten close enough to even understand what our limit is. So we applaud you on that, Dev. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good. And also, <laughs> I love hearing about all the different ways you could get books, like the Hoopla or the online digital library. And I wanted to point out that. Um, I also like Epic Reading. My students at school like to use that. And that's a really cool site. Um, You can also, I think you mentioned to me that you can read different books on YouTube uh, or listen to. And people do like, they show you the pictures and kind of like a whole little presentation. Yeah, it's amazing the abundance of books that are on YouTube. Basically, any book that my children and I have read, we could Google it. And we have found other people reading that book or have animated that book in some way where we're experiencing experiencing it in a new way. And so really, whether your library is closed or not, between YouTube, between um, audiobooks, um, your library's digital app catalog, there are so many options to still continue to read, despite having the limitations of going, of physically going into the library. Yes. Even Mary Poppins has her own story time podcast. So if Mary Poppins can read your child a book, I think that's a great option to go to. That is cool. I didn't know that. I'll have to check it out. Um, Another one that my students like is something called Story Online. Um, It's a site which celebrities and actors pick their favorite book to read to you, a children's book. It could be something older or something newer, but um, it's really fun because my students like to see like who is reading, like which celebrity 
liberty it is and like how mm-hmm. animated they could be with their their reading. And um, there's also some other sites I know of that read more books with like different multicultural perspectives. So I'll have to try mm-hmm. to put those in the show notes and dig up some of those links to those sites. Yeah. Yes, definitely. There's a wide range of options on YouTube, some bearing in quality. It's a great choice just to break up the reading routine if you just want to listen to a book or hear it performed or some books have been turned into songs and there's a lot of options. That's a new idea. In consuming books. Stay tuned, listeners. Devin's interview continues in the next episode. Join us next time when we pick up where we left off and continue the conversation. Check us out on Instagram at Susan and Whitney or send us an email at susanandwhitney at gmail.com. That's S-U-S-A-N the word and w-h-i-t-t-n-e-y our awesome music is by offshane and our scripting and editing is by us talk Talk to you later. later yay i think we did a good job